Hi, my name is Danielle Cooper and I'm a senior studying business management and leadership at UNSW. And one of the questions that I have is, has there ever been a time where you felt conflicted or even convicted about something that you had to teach? Um, and how has your faith grown at a secular university rather than a Christian-based university? So yeah, those are my questions. Hey everybody, welcome to Meet the Prof. I am Shane Hartley. My friend Spence Hackney and I have been receiving questions from college students, and then we ask them to Christian professors. And our mission is really simple. We want to encourage Christ-centered conversations on the college campus. This is part two of our interview with Dr. Lynn Lecce. And in case you've forgotten or you didn't hear the first one, Lynn is a professor of psychology at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington. So Lynn's research is very interesting. Part of his research involves detection of early memory loss. Uh, another part of his research involves looking at the bias that's involved in different jury decisions. And uh, I think you're gonna enjoy hearing about the role of doubt in uh, having healthy growth. Um, also about dating. He talks about building trust in dating relationships. So before we get started, uh, please remember to click on to subscribe or follow this podcast, and that helps get the word out to even more college students. And uh, so without any further ado, enjoy our conversation with Dr. Lynn Lechi. You know, Lynn, you have had some students come to your office. Um, I'd love you to, if you can share any without sharing names, you know, one of the things we're hopeful for with the podcast is that this will really encourage Christ-centered conversations between students and professors. And since you put your profile on meettheprof.com, I know there's been some students who have come to you about that. Can you share about any example of that? Yeah, sure. Um, so it has happened uh, over the semesters where, you know, someone might come in and uh, identify themselves as Christian or, or maybe even say something like they read um, that profile. Um, and so that's always a great way to, for them to start the conversation. I think I've mentioned it, you know, to you, and I know I mentioned it when I've spoken to student groups before is while uh, at a secular university, there are certainly some guidelines, very clear guidelines on what a professor uh, can and cannot say to their students. And for obvious reasons, there's a power dynamic and such. Um, but those restrictions are completely irrelevant for students. When students initiate the conversation, then it actually makes it very easy um, to, to talk about uh, those things if they initiate it. So uh, that's absolutely something, you know, uh, would encourage students that if they want to have those conversations, um, that something they should feel comfortable doing. There, there are absolutely no sanctions to it. And, and they might be surprised that uh, someone might reciprocate that otherwise would not be able to say uh, some things. Obviously, as we uh, start, if we start talking about this topic, uh, the student may be further ahead than, than I am. I, I mean, I don't know anything about where where they are, and I certainly wouldn't assume that my area of expertise generalizes uh, to that. And in many respects, I'm sure the faith walks of the student and the professor are very similar, um, involve a lot of the same issues. So in, in a sense, you can have a conversation that's a lot more um, like a companion conversation as opposed to, you know, this topic on which you're taking the class from me and I've developed some expertise. And so, mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, 
different and neat experience to have that interaction as well. Well, one of our favorite things is actually receiving questions from the students that uh, that want to ask Christian professors questions. So, um, so take a listen to this question. Hi, my name is Daniel Cooper, and I'm a senior studying business management and leadership at UNSW. And one of the questions that I have is, has there ever been a time where you felt conflicted or even convicted about something that you had to teach? Um, and how has your faith grown at a secular university rather than a Christian-based university? So yeah, those are my questions. Thank you, Danielle. Great questions. Um, so the first one, uh, have I ever felt um, sort of convicted or in some way maybe even restricted in some of the material? I've you know, it's it's one one thing that's interesting about um, academic freedom is while there is this sort of broad uh, coverage that is needed um, in certain areas, you actually have a fair amount of flexibility in how you cover topics. Um, and I've found over the years I've uh, been able to work in some ideas that allow my that allow me to teach in a way that's closer to or ref better reflects my faith. I don't think I did that very well early on, uh, which, you know, is probably a combination of experience and or lack, lack thereof at the time. Uh, and um, even self-confidence um, in, in your profession. And then, you know, of course, there's always the, uh, you know, moving from untenured to tenured is always a, a, a part of that. Um, I think, uh, you know, as as um, over the years in teaching, I've kind of felt myself stepping out a little more and and sharing a little more, uh, doing things things like meet the prof uh, were all sort of faith steps for me. Um, you know, recognize that it wasn't that big of a deal to put put that information out there. Um, I will say, I still am you know soft pedal it. I'm absolutely not you know coming out and beating kids over the head with anything at all. But um, I, w I will say there's a lot of faith-informed information in the lectures, uh, some of which, I don't know if I'd use the word coded, but certainly some students might kind of hear words that would resonate with them if they are believers. If they're not, I don't think it necessarily even be on their radar, but it would still raise some of those issues. I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I usually note when we talk about uh, one of the theorists in the existential, uh, humanistic existential movement, uh, Carl Rogers, um, who's pretty widely known and discussed. A lot of people don't know he was a pastor, um, and and his theories are you know very much in line with uh, his pastoral. Uh, background. His primary intervention is to make sure people feel loved and accepted, you know, which is sort of very basis of what the main mess, one of the main messages of the Bible, of God is love, you know. Uh, so certainly a lot of elements in there and, and pointing out where it's coming from, from him. Uh, he's usually one of the most liked uh, psychologists when they do those, uh, you know, uh, whoops, I'm sorry. See, that's what happens when you have motion lights and you don't nice. move for a while. <laughs> You're not moving um, enough. <laughs> no, not moving enough. I'll start uh, dancing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, usually when they'll they'll do, uh, they'll have like a, maybe a client and they'll have different perspectives um, uh, work with and, and they'll have famous psychologists and there's a, a video of um, 
Rogers and a couple other big names in the field. Uh, and pretty universally, everybody's very uh, favorable reaction to Rogers. A very likable guy he makes you feel, you know, loved and accepted. And mm-hmm. um, and so that's a very universal reaction to uh, to him. And and that um, uh, that element where it comes from, how it sort of has this fundamental meets a fundamental human need um, that is really given by God, um, you know, that, that making that connection a little more uh, explicit, um, just kind of one example uh, of mm-hmm. that. I think I have some other places where, you know, people misquote the Bible and mm-hmm. turn it into some hate messages and sort of highlight, I think, it, you know, someone's holding a sign referring to Romans, particular chapter in Romans. And so we'll often read that passage and sort of say, clearly it's not saying what it says on that yeah, sign. So yeah. you know, there's kind of little ways you can do that that are still meeting the academic mission, but you allows you to do a little forays into those areas. Mm. So all that to say, um, not necessarily felt constrained, though obviously if it being a secular university, if someone describes a problem, one wouldn't necessarily in an open classroom say, well, let's pray for John who's having this difficulty. That might be something you might do in an office uh, if it was just him. But I think there's some ways in which uh, being at the university has facilitated that, certainly meeting with other uh, professors on campus. There's um, there's a pretty strong and vibrant Christian community on campus um, being able to you know, meet with um, other members of faculty, staff, mm-hmm. uh, even students um, who have those uh, beliefs is, is always helpful. It's always encouraging. We are, in fact, encouraged to meet mm-hmm. uh, with other members of the body. I've enjoyed the opportunities to speak to student Christian organizations um, over the years. Um, so I think those those types of events, uh, particularly when every now and then you kind of have to put yourself out there. I mean, obviously, podcast, um, the Meet the Prof. Uh, one of the other things that stands out is when we've done the Easter message um, back in the, um, especially when we used to have that uh, hard copy of the uh, Seahawk newspaper where it lists the faculty and staff who um, uh, identify themselves as Christian. Um, so I think all of those are, you know, important steps in your faith walk because they force you to go a little further. They force you to walk. They force you to take another step. Um, and, and that's needed if you're going to continue to develop. That's a principle that's been true um, in my own life, in the Christian life, that uh, sometimes the greatest growth has come whenever I've taken some kind of step, step of faith. Yeah. And I think half the battle is just the decision to do it and to go through with it, not necessarily anything specific that comes from it. Cause I'm, mm. You know, most of the time, I don't think we know what comes from, you know, put a podcast out into the ether. Who knows, you know, who's going to listen to it? listen to it. Yeah, mom. I know that. We've got one. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to suggest no one's listening to it. The point being, <laughs> I won't know who's listening to it. And so whatever impact it has um, is something I'm unlikely to actually get feedback on. But that's okay. I mean, uh, you know, you have to have some faith that, that uh, it will mm-hmm serve some purpose for at least someone, hopefully more than one. Hey, it just occurred to me that you probably have students coming to you for free therapy. You can just (laughs) come to the psych professor and you don't have to pay them an hourly rate. Does that happen? Does that that happen? 
that can happen. We <laughs> we uh, we do have some some guardrails around that, just in the sense there's obvious you know liability issues and such yeah, and that. Yeah. But I mean, you can always lend uh, an ear and, uh, and encouragement. Uh, though, if it starts to evolve to those things, yeah, one yeah. of the things we, we we do redirect them to the resources on campus where that's you know the person's job to yeah. do that well here's my other psa if if somebody doesn't want to go to their professor they could buy me a cheeseburger and a coke and i'll provide 30 minutes of free therapy there you go <laughs> for, for anybody who buys me worse lunch. than they came in well, how about that <laughs> yeah and i a, can mess them up really good <laughs> and then send them to somebody to you know actually pay the bills well, you know a cheeseburger and a drink is a pretty good rate so i think i'm, just uh, saying, a, I'm a cheap date i really yeah, am i, I don't even that. eat eat fancy Mm-hmm. Well, well, how about we head into the lightning round? So this is where we ask you some quick questions just for the first answers that come to your mind. So you ready? Okay. Sure. All right. So what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Um, you know, I've always thought that was kind of a funny question because, you know, you always think you look back. I know this is lightning round. I'll keep it brief. But you always look back and say, well, then if I should tell myself this and not do X or Y. Um, but I, I really think most of those experiences, I think I wouldn't say anything to my 18-year-old self. Is I wouldn't want to <laughs> mess it up. Um, I've never heard that answer. I, I don't think I would want to mess it up. Uh, you, you, all of the experiences, good and bad, uh, I think are so critical into getting you to where you are. That um, not that you'd want to do some of those negative experiences, but at the same time, you kind of look back on them and see that, you know, they were important yeah. and yeah. Uh, as painful as they might have been. Um, I think I think uh, I'm not sure I would say anything. Uh-huh. That's actually the best answer we've heard to that question. Of course, I'm going with this. I agree. You, Lynn. I'm, I'm going to change that. Take off those bell bottom flare pants. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Here's mine. What advice would you give a graduating senior? You know, a lot of, a lot of times we, we think about the transition from college to um, non-college life as being a really big change. Um, and the reality is I think if students do college right and well, um, that it really doesn't have to be a big change. You know, their life does not have to be this, you know, huge right or left turn. Um, you know, I think especially if they've had a, a successful uh, uh, college time is to take what they've learned, uh, conti- basically just continue that path. You'll be in a new location, um, but that m- many of the same practices you did, the things that you did that um, were helpful to you, that helped you grow, grow closer to God, the things that you did that helped you grow as an individual, uh, to just keep on doing those things and, you know, um, even continue. Well, Lynn, what advice would you give to other Christian professors? You know, I, I think one of the most comforting things I've gotten from other Christian professors, and so I'll sort of pay it forward, if you will, mm-hmm. um, is that there's uh, there are a lot of Christian professors out there. Um, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, um, many of them, the majority, I think, are probably less comfortable expressing that uh, their Christianity and their beliefs. So it may seem as though there are um, fewer than there are, um, uh, 
certainly individuals who might have contrarian views, atheists or agnostics, um, they might not have any problem expressing that um, in, in part, of course, because there wouldn't be any sanctions governing that they have no belief on, yeah, on, a, yeah. on a top. Just like I could say, I have no political interests or affiliation. Well, you can say that. What I can't say, of course, is if I yeah. do or it's aligned in this manner. So, um, but I think that's, that sometimes leads to the misperception that the people who aren't speaking don't have those views and often, you know, and that they may not even have very strong views about those things. So, you know, the, I guess the advice I would give is that there's a lot of Christian faculty out there, a lot of um, strong believers um, and to look for ways to connect with them, which there's plenty of them on campus, uh, probably on any campus. And it's, um, I think, it, you know, it's great for you and it's great for them, you know, as, as you connect with other believers in that setting. Mm -hmm. yeah. What's the uh, primary piece of advice you would give um, the parents of college students? You know, that's a, a really <clears throat> particularly poignant question because of, uh, in interacting with uh, some of my friends, many of my friends who have kids who are in college now, mm -hmm. um, and one of the probably the most common thing I hear um, is the essentially the belief that the students are at school and it's a, you know, not just secular, but even hostile to Christianity. Um, I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, I know that that is a, a common perception um, in the public, but I don't think that's the case at all. Uh, and so in some respects for parents, um, uh, you know, to have some confidence that their son or daughter is not uh, necessarily in some extraordinarily hostile environment. To, um, if they haven't been looking for those connections, uh, in the same way that I mentioned it for my uh, colleagues, yeah. they're there for the students, probably more so really for the students. Um, my guess is if they went and asked five of their professors um, about their beliefs, probably a couple of them would tell them, Oh yeah, I'm a believer. Um, and so yeah. that they might get that, uh, you know, that they get a clear perception. It won't be a hundred percent. Absolutely not. But, right, right. um, there, there'll be, you know, quite a few there. And, and again, I, I think for parents to have some faith that mm -hmm. their child, uh, adult child that's going through this process really, um, uh, is it can it will make them a better student it'll make them a better person it'll make and can make them even draw closer to god and there's a lot that's on, in their hands that they can control to have those kinds of interactions and open their eyes to those opportunities so you know have some faith in the process in that respect mm -hmm. to not necessarily yeah. be fearful of that yeah yeah well lynn i'm so grateful for this time with you and so grateful for you being there on campus. Did you have another you. thought? No, I was just going to say I, I enjoyed chatting with uh, with both of you. Thank you so much for asking me uh, to do this and helping me uh, continue my faith journey as well. Well, it's uh, such a joy to get to spend time with you and uh, to know that uh, you care so much for these students. And um, so when students want to learn more about you, of course, they can go to meettheprof.com. But where else can they... Uh, follow you or learn about you of course i have an email um you know, last name first initial at uncw.edu and so mm -hmm. students can certainly reach out that way i'm in office hours uh, uh as their um, 
each week. Uh, and of course, I, I think some of that information is on Meet the Prof as well. So uh, that that's probably the best way um, to do it. I'm not on Twitter. I don't do any of those things or X or whatever we're calling it these days. Yeah, so yeah. unfortunately, uh, I'm limited in that access, but you can always come knock on the door. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview and you can learn more as well as read about other Christian professors on our website, meettheprof.com. And college students, if you would like to ask a question to a professor and potentially be on the show, this is how you do it. Follow us on Instagram. It's meettheprofofficial. And then upload us a video uh, by direct message where you say your name, your college campus, and what year you are, and then ask your question. And you can ask more than one question, and uh, hopefully then you can be featured on the show. And um, if you enjoyed this, would you please share this episode with a friend, um, someone you think it would be helpful to? And please don't forget to follow or subscribe to the podcast. And if you're listening to this, but you would like to watch the videos of these interviews, we record them all and we put them on YouTube. So you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is Meet the Prof Official. And uh, we would love to meet you there. And lastly, if you would like to financially support our faculty commons ministry with Crew, you can do so online by going to give.crew.org forward slash zero So thank you for being with us. And until next time, we hope you feel encouraged to have a Christ-centered conversation on your college campus.